Welcome to Invest Stories. Whether you're a seasoned pro looking for that next step or a newbie investor not sure where to start, Invest Stories unlocks the mindset, strategies, and techniques of high performers across business, real estate, and investing to help you level up your journey to financial freedom. This is Invest Stories Tuesday Techniques. In terms of, so I, I want to dive into that, but I really want to get your take on what makes a good market or maybe how you pick a market and then pick a neighborhood and kind of drill yeah. into it. What, what does that look like for you? Yeah, so there, for vacation rentals, it, it, it's it's more it's more idea based. There, there's more different ways to do it. So it's like if you're if you're looking at, I'll, I'll say I've coached over close to four or five thousand students in short term rentals, five thousand, and the the air DNA data can be like air DNA is one of the tools that you can use mm -hmm. to underwrite a property. That stuff can be very misleading if you don't know how to filter it properly. So when it comes to market analysis. I like markets that existed as vacation rentals prior to like Airbnb and VRBO back in the day where you had to pick up a phone to book a vacation rental. A lot of times those markets are automatically protected by vacation rental laws. I'm not going to say every single city and market is like that, but if you look at like Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, I mean, I'm not like that market can be looked at as saturated and there are some reports that say that, but I first step is getting into a market that obviously has if you're purchasing has already some sort of established short-term rental laws um that that doesn't mean that if there's a permit there that you're just completely disregarding that city because i look at permits as a good thing like as long as you can mm -hmm. get them because there's some cities out there that have completely outlawed short-term rentals um if you can get a short-term rental permit it's rel if there's guidance on like a county website it's pretty easy to do it um, because they're, they're and that's also that ties into the value of property, which you can talk about differently. But that's step one is just getting into a market, look, finding markets like that, that historically are some sort of short term rental markets prior to the OTAs, the online travel agencies like Airbnb, VRBO. Other thing I like to invest, I don't necessarily like beach markets too much. Um, I like to invest in mountain markets that are not really ski resort type of properties like ski resort type markets blue ridge mountains are very historically are like like that um gatlinburg pigeon forge the smokies are like that west coast I haven't played around too much with it but there are markets like that on the west coast those tend those markets tend to be a little bit less seasonal there every every market's going to have their seasons but you're like we've always cash flowed in the winter not as aggressively obviously during our high season um but we've, we've always cash flowed during our slow season as well so that's that's number two. The n number one is choosing market again that that historically has short term rentals. I like mountain markets. That's number uh, that's number two. And then three, which is a strategy that we accidentally got into, but I, I heard a lot. I've heard a lot of people speak on it the last like four or five years is investing into like some sort of market that is close to either to a national forest or a national park. Um, during co I mean we were investing prior to COVID, but during COVID the lockdowns. Once things slowly started to open up, mm -hmm. uh, where international travel was still difficult, I mean, the the national parks and the national forests saw record numbers, record, record numbers. Um, and that's what drove a lot of the short-term rental stuff uh, and the growth that happened there. Um, and then the last, last thing that I've always told students is that if you can't find either, either one of those three things or you just don't want to go out of your city, I was like, think about... You want to think about a city or an area that people are vacationing to where they're, they're like, say, like I'm in Detroit, Michigan, where like where I grew up. Um, Detroit itself, in my opinion, I wouldn't be investing in Detroit because like I invest in more rural markets. So I'd be thinking about where a city that people are vacationing 
like taking extended weekend vacations to um, that that is in my area, maybe like one to two hours away. To me, that if I'm in Detroit, Michigan, that's northern Michigan, where a lot of the a lot of the vacation rental markets are are northern Michigan, uh, in, in that two hour radius to Detroit. So if you don't want to go and find these national forests, national parks, mountain markets, historically with short term rentals, blah blah blah, just think of a place that people are taking extended weekend vacations to in your market that's about an hour or two away, and that tends to be there's thousands of these pocket markets, mm-hmm. is what I like to call them, and they're they're scattered throughout the whole country, if not world. Um, where they're not going to appear on any type of vacation rental list, like top 20, top 30 markets to invest in. But you're going to know very easily just by knowing the, your market that that's going to be a good vacation rental market. Because you say you grew up there or say you you just you have friends that are constantly going to these markets. You're going to know that better than anyone. I like that. Yeah. That's that's great. Yeah, that that kind of local knowledge. Um, yeah, we I, f- I felt good. We ha- we own in the mountains, and then I yeah, felt yeah. bad. We own right on a ski slope, so <laughs> <laughs> we see we see the opposite seasonality. We see very slow, well, slowish in the summer, and then uh, in the winter it was kind of booming. This winter we did we did well until uh, too ironically yeah. too much snow <laughs> closed the mountain down. Oh yeah, yeah, that's funny. So there's a, there's a thing I didn't think was going to be a problem uh, in Southern California. Too much there's snow. too much snow, but there, yeah. there it is. I guess you got to get you got to get there. Like yeah, the, there. the infrastructure yeah, yeah. just fell over. Basically, <laughs> they couldn't get gas up where, the hill. The, and all where's that at? Uh, Big Bear, Big Bear Lake. Oh yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's you do. It, I mean, I've 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 done bachelor parties in Big Bear in the summer, so I mean, it's just yeah. A slower, we're but... we're right on the mountain. We're five minute walk to the to the lifts condo with a deck out the back so it's beautiful it's just not a lake house in the summer that you kind of fantasize about rather than but you know the the difference is come the ski season you can literally just walk out your front door and skip the traffic and all that kind of stuff so yeah swings and roundabouts how do you um how do you pick a good property and you said about kind of designing an ideal property and and maximizing the square footage what does that thought process look like it's a lot of Instagram pictures, uh, a lot of Instagram, a lot of Pinterest pictures that we save. That's that's on the development side. If you if you are comfortable with going that route, uh, when it comes to choosing a like a, a property, obviously underwriting it just like a normal vacation rental. And when I, when I say normal vacation rental, you're looking at your occupancies, you're looking at all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. You want some sort of you want something unique about the property if you have some sort of control over it. So, accent walls, interior design. If you don't have any control of the outside of the property interior design has gone a very long way in the last year as this market as this at real estate asset class has become way more saturated and com- i'm gonna say saturated but way more competitive um and there are some phenomenal companies out there um i forgot the one uh, there's one that's like I, I had met at a conference uh but interior design is is gonna be if you're going into a property like putting some sort of line item or budget whether you can tie it into your loan or going out of pocket um, is don't go, don't go cheap on the furniture if you're going to be purchasing a, like a short-term rental. Um, and then also playing with the interior design piece if you're just purchasing. Now, if you're building, I mean, sky's the limit with that. Like I said, optimizing the square footage where you're not wasting any square footage and you're just leaning on your GC and your architect for that. Um, and then some something unique, like what we're doing, what we've always done, but it sort of be, it became more popular as the, the platform's progressed and evolved is people people are looking for especially with, with us going through sort of a, like a little bit of a downturn right now is people are looking for a property that is an experience outside of the city that they're visiting 
And if you can sort of provide that, it, it, it sort of plays into your entire like business strategy. And we can, we can talk about that with marketing channels and how to get to your occupancy up. But if you're developing, like I said, sky's the limit. If you're just purchasing, just earmarking some, some sort of budget for interior design, like really well done interior design. Um, because at the end of the day, your pictures sell the property, whether you like it or not. Um, and if you have something unique in your, in your listing, I mean, that, that's even better. That's cool. Yeah. I, one of the things I really want to tackle on our place is the um, the deck. So we have a, a deck out the back with a huge pine tree through the middle of it. Beautiful. And it looks cool, but it's kind of just, it's it's a snowy place, right? So we're, we've been apprehensive in terms of what do we put out there and we need to figure out what that looks like. I want to put some lights out there and maybe a, yeah, yeah, a mural or something would be really cool. Um, yeah. We're not, we're not quite in the hot tub territory yet. We're not sure about a hot tub and the, the liability it used to it, that used to be a conversation that was a little bit more like I, I remember two years ago three years ago people were like tying prices to like like hey you can get 20 to 50 dollars more on your average daily rate if you had a hot tub i've seen that slowly progress down mm-hmm. like I, I i stopped putting hot tubs in my budgets like compared to like two three years ago interesting yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And so let's let's talk about what's going on in the market. And um, you've yeah. you've done some work for Bigger Pockets. You've written some articles. You said there's been a bit of a gap between short term rental articles. Can you talk us yeah. through kind of what what you've seen, the trends, and then what was really interesting in our initial conversation uh, before we started recording was the idea of uh, comments are slightly different from previous articles today. Can you talk us through that? Yeah, I mean, there for for people who are operators uh, like you and me, like we we have definitely seen a shift in the last year, I would say. Um, and there's a lot of different things that attributed to that. I mean, the the downturn that we're having here in the states, plus just international travel being opened up, people being cooped up in the states and wanting to go internationally, um, different attributes. But the biggest thing that I've seen, the biggest shift, is that people who got into this into the short term rental game prior to COVID, but say during like during COVID when everyone was inside, just looking at like if maybe you came across an influencer, someone's like, hey, I made this much money doing short term rentals, and maybe someone was just in a position to just purchase a short term rental no matter what it looked like and just threw it on Airbnb and be like, I'm good to go, like that's my entire business. Those are sort of the the operators and the properties that are struggling right now. Is I've always, I've said this in the last eight months is when people ask you what you do, you shouldn't be saying I'm in Airbnbs. You, you, technically you're in hospitality, even beyond vacation rentals, you're in hospitality. And that, that should be the, the attitude that you have going. If you, if you're an operator now, or if you're looking to get into vacation rentals, you, you're in hospitality and you should be treating it like a business. So what, what does that mean? Treating it like a business? It means going on multi-channel. That's step one, meaning you're, you're not just on Airbnb, you're on Airbnb, VRBO, booking.com. And taking it a step further is if you, if you want to go beyond just owning one property is you're building out a direct booking platform, either building it out or utilizing one that's already there, um, that, that you can pay into and, uh, treating it like a business where you're creating an email list and, and, uh, let's say like a phone number list where you can SMS text to the way we've, we've done it. And we've been collecting emails, uh, for the last four years is we use a, a service called StayFi. And StayFi is a little, I've talked about StayFi for the last two years. It's a little uh, disk that plugs into the back of your router and it creates a landing page for your internet. And uh, it, imagine you're going to Starbucks or airport, you have to put your email address in to get access to the internet. Same idea. Um, it, 
and say like you have a larger property that sleeps like 16, like one of our properties, you're not just getting the email address of the person that's booking, you're getting everyone's email address that is staying at that property. Um, that way you can remarket to them. And we're not like sending spammy emails. We're sending, say, like seasonal emails going into, say, if we're going into our high season two months prior, we're sending a, a, a seasonal newsletter or whatever. Um, that's really important. That's, that is the difference between people who are struggling right now and people who are starting to do better coming out of if they were struggling or not is going multi-platform, treating it like a business, building an email list through a service like StayFi, and then being able to control your guests. And it's almost gone full circle where I've said that Airbnb, VRBO, the other channels, they should be looked at as marketing arms to your business. And then your eventual goal is to be able to control the guest. Um, just like if you were selling this water bottle on on Facebook or, or Google ads, like promoting it through Facebook, Google ads. I look at Facebook, Google ads as like the Airbnb VRBO, but your eventual goal is to be able to control your customer. So that 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 is the difference. That is the shift that's happened in the last like year is people going multi-platform and then also treating their properties like a business. And if you can't do that, I'd recommend finding a manager in your area that already has those systems in place where you can, maybe you thought you wanted to be a short-term rental operator, but now it's like, it, it's, it's one <laughs> there, maybe they're not profiting. Yeah. Um, so some of these bigger managers in the markets, like they have access to channels that just a, a normal mom and pop. So you have one or two properties just don't have access to. That's really interesting. Yeah. I think that the one, one thing we found really important was just finding that right team set of team members. Yeah. We feel really lucky to have, uh, and taking care of them. We feel lucky to have done that. And uh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, it, so in terms of how has this trend kind of converted to, I guess the stuff you've been writing for, for bigger pockets and then also kind of the feedback in the community of uh, short-term rental uh, owners. I find that quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's a combination of everything. Like I said, it's a combination of interest rates going up where it's it's harder for people to purchase properties. It's also with 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 the economy slowing down, people are traveling less with the borders practically fully open. I mean, practically they're fully open. Um, they're not traveling domestically. So people who are traveling domestically here, they're they're they become pickier. Right. Um, and I feel like now whenever I, I mean, we were just talking about this, like I said, before we started, um, I hadn't written anything for Bigger Pockets in six months. Prior to that, I'd written nine articles just in five months, and uh, or six months. And I just we just pushed one out. Like they just pushed one out. One of my articles like two days ago, and the comments were rough. And I try to stay away from reading the comments for the most part, unless if someone tells me, "Hey, you should check out the comments." There's actually some really good conversations happening in there. This most recent one was not the case, and I, I saw that it, it wasn't the content itself. It was just the shift, and it, I, that was like. I'm not going to say the first time I've seen that shift, but it definitely solidified it. Like, okay, like it, you have to be treating this like a business. It go, I think gone are the days of you're just grabbing a random property and throwing out Airbnb and the comment section of the articles was, just, and I feel like everyone's just going to hop on that article now just to check it. Uh, but like the comment section of that article was just something that I was like, oh, okay. Like they're, it's harder now. So that it's, we already we already had those systems in place prior to that, but it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just interesting. That's yeah, it's it's being a bit more tactical and responding. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah, and I think what what we haven't done is the direct to um, guest kind of engagement post stay and collecting emails and follow not 
funnel app's not the right if, way. If but... you if you don't want to build out your website, you can just create that. You can just plug in Stayfy into your properties. It's really cheap to do it, and mm-hmm. just uh, with that's what we did. We, I mean, we we launched our direct booking site this year, um, and we we were collecting emails from the beginning because it was so cheap to do it. Yeah, and we should because uh, most of our guests this year have been, or a lot of them have been repeat repeat guests yeah. wanting to come back, yeah. having a good experience. Um, shout out to my Stay wife. Five, being... Stayfy has their own platform that's built in that has templates and everything too. It's oh, very, amazing. Very easy yeah, easy and cheap to, You don't have to use MailChimp or everything. They they already have a soft, like a white label software oh, already cool. in there. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. There's there's a hot hot tip there. Um, yeah, yeah. In terms of, so I want to go back to your your business and and you you know you talked about it. It, it is a business. Short term rentals, hospitality. Uh, it it's certainly is a, a business and it needs kind of attention and care and, and treated with seriousness and all that good stuff. Talk to me about the scale um, and how you've kind of scaled from those first two, I think you said the two kind of A-frames. Yeah. What, yeah. what was that process and what was kind of, was it driven by necessity or intentionality or creativity? What, what does that look like? The, the biggest thing that I realized, and it, it, it comes from when I first started, there was like maybe one vacation rental book out there to read from. So everything that I know about real estate came from good good mentors that I'd reached out to. Like if I, I read a multifamily book, I'd reach out to the author because it's relatively easy to do that. Um, most of what I know about short-term rentals and vacation rentals, I know from multifamily. And what, from multifamily, and that's why I've always had a really good experience and just a very good conversation, an easy conversation to have with someone that is multifamily if they're looking to invest in some of our stuff, um, is there was really for my time, the team was obviously bigger, but, and the numbers bigger too, but there's no different. There was no difference between me developing one property, like one single, single family property, or if you're, or if we were developing seven, for the most part, my time was was the, almost the same exact thing. It was obviously a bigger team. Um, so when I looked at my goals for the year, looked at my goals, say five, 10 years, I realized that I couldn't just be building one, one and two properties at a time. Um, that obviously worked for me to get the ball rolling and get that flywheel going, but to one, to achieve my goals. But if I wanted to do some of the bigger stuff, I I knew that it it was a realization that I had with the mentor that it was almost the same amount of time, whether it be, and it was almost easier. Like that very first property that we talked about the A-frame, I looked at over a hundred parcels, like to, to decide on the one that we settled on. When you're doing these larger deals, when you're looking at 20 acres, 30 acres, 40 acres, 100 acres, there aren't one, there's not too many of those in that market, like not as many as like the one, two, three acres. Um, it was just easier to underwrite the properties. Um, so th- that's where that whole thing came from of doing larger deals and teaming up and the, the teaming up with funds just came from me realizing that I couldn't raise the capital initially because I was so focused on on the day-to-day operations at that time. Thank you for listening to Invest Stories. We'll be back tomorrow with Wednesday Wins. Please consider sharing and writing a five-star review. Check out the full show on Friday on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.